Hi, guys. Welcome back to the Mel K Show. I have today my favorite uh, journalist out there that's actually covering the truth better than anyone else, at least keeping us up to date on what is, what is really going on. Uh, I welcome back Jack Cashel, and uh, he's here to talk about everything uh, that we've been talking about, about the Obamas, but also his book, The Promised Land, came out. A oh, Promised Land, Deplorables Need Not Apply. Uh, so let's, uh, let's get into it. How you doing, Jack? I am doing well. Thanks for having me, Mel. Always. Oh, my God. I had to have you on when I saw all this stuff about the big Obama party uh, on a small, tiny island on the water with right. 700 people. I see they toned it down, but I'm not sure if that's true. Uh, I said, I got to get Cashel on here and hear what he has to say about this. <laughs> well, you know, they were, they they, uh, they got a break with COVID. Right. Uh, they Kuzik gave him an excuse to tone down the party right. because I mean, first of all, I've Hank Johnson. Remember the Congressman Hank Johnson? Yeah. Georgia? Yeah, where his, 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 Guam's going to fall off the <laughs> right? planet, right? He literally said. <laughs> uh, in fact, I was just reading the exchange because I quoted the other day. He, okay, this is the guy who's a sitting congressman. He was talking about the American troop presence, Marine presence in Guam. And he says to the general, he says, aren't you worried that... Uh, that uh, the island will tip over and capsize because of all these people. And the general, the general's response was great. He goes, we're not anticipating that. <laughs> and uh, so I guess he, go, he wasn't invited because he was afraid Martha's video would tip over. Right, probably <laughs> it could. Now, in the world of optics, it was a stupid word, but it's a useful word, I guess. Yeah. Uh, in Barack Obama's book, uh, Promised Land, other than race, the thing that consumes him most is his anxiety about climate change. He talks about small islands being swallowed up by rising seas, right? Right. And then he goes out and buys a $12 million beachfront home in a tiny island called Martha's Vineyard, right. in Massachusetts. Uh, by the way, his neighbor down the street is climate czar, John Kerry, also with a $12 million beachfront home. Of course. But then again, Al Gore has a $9 million beachfront home in California. So, of course. Uh, yeah. They're not worried. No. Well, Martha's Vineyard also, they were going to have 200 uh, help. Yeah. And then Literally. all the guests. And then right. a big band. They were going to have Pearl Jam and, and John Legend. But this all looks like the cabal to me. These same, this same crew hung out on Epstein Island. So, you know, yeah. I don't know what's going on at their event, but uh, they apparently like islands. Right. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. I'm sure Barack Obama would like for some of those islands to be swallowed up. But, yeah. you know, um, but above that, it's just uh, what 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 is going on that they would even do this in the middle of what they're, they're considering the Delta variant and all this. You know, it doesn't it's so nonsensical. I think people were looking at this thinking, what is why? What is this saying to we? You know, when, when I watched it, when I looked at it and, you know, I, like I say, I've, I have a new book out, I should say, by the way, Barack Obama's Promised Land. Yeah. I mean, I know Obama better than Obama knows. Obama. I know you do. And everyone should read that book because it's also really about the, the climate of race and what's yeah, going on now even yeah. more. And yeah. it's also a kind of a fun summer read. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, I was thinking, whose idea could this possibly have been? Um, I think it had to be Michelle's. Michelle's middle name should be Antoinette, as in let them be right. uh, right. And there's a story, uh, and she's such a manipulator, and she may be politically ambitious. Right. And I think that's that is part of it. And uh, 
but it was such a bad idea. Right. Because not only does it shout out, we don't care about climate change, because <laughs> all their friends, John Legend isn't flying commercial. You know, uh, no, Bennett none of them are. Commercial. Steven Spielberg isn't flying commercial. No. Oprah is not flying commercial. Uh, but it also shouts income inequality. Right. Here are this like struggling community organizer and his humble bride living in right. a $12 million beachfront mansion. Uh, so the whole optics were bad. 700 people plus the, the whole COVID thing, you know, was right. actually for them a, a lifesaver because it gave them an option, opportunity to get out. Right. I would have, I could have written six more columns about this, right. uh, this event that had they not canceled. I know. I uh, think it was probably part because of your column. <laughs> I, I hope so. Well, I think yeah. so. <laughs> uh, I did immediately. I thought, oh, really? But here's the thing. I don't even buy that they're like they're toning it down or whatever. It, it still makes no sense. And I, I don't know. Did you see that uh, Valerie Jarrett uh, then right after they announced the event puts out a thing? Can you give six or sixty dollars to the Obama Presidential Library, which already has seven hundred and forty million dollars uh, yeah. already in the in their budget, at least. Right. But what what how tone deaf? What are they doing? I mean, I think it'd be the the the. the I mean, $740 million spent on misinformation. Right. That's the yeah. problem with it. Yeah, uh, right can, in the middle of, uh, of Chicago, where they, the right. only place they have green space. They could save the $740 million and spend $23 and, get, <laughs> and learn more about Barack Obama than they will yeah. go into that stupid library. Yeah, I know. Now, and it's it's really kind of amazing. And I, uh, the, the hubris, hubris of, of these people, uh, the hubris, hubris, hubris. Um, yeah. Uh, and, you know, because up until the time Obama uh, emerged on the national stage in 2004, right. uh, he and his wife were perpetually in debt. I mean, they had to, they were re reneging on, they hadn't even paid their student loans. They were, they had to renege on the uh, original contract uh, Obama got to write a book that he was unable to fulfill. And Simon Schuster came and got their money back or tried to. Right. Um, and then his star was born oddly through his literary genius, which was totally fraudulent. It's right. become more and more obvious. Yeah. Uh, and um, and now now they're they're still grifting on America. It's right. Not only not paying their student loans now. Now they're they're just classic grifters. I mean, it's it's a great scam. I I, right. I kind of envy them their scam. I mean, it's right. It worked pretty well. Yeah. I mean. Uh also there's this this other situation where i haven't seen obama or michelle usually they're out there pushing everything i haven't seen them pushing the vaccine and what people aren't talking about is that largely it's the black community that isn't taking the vaccine the entire time that the whole thing was going on farrakhan's out there not being censored not being flagged saying the that they should not take the vaccine and all of right. that now yeah. they want to do the vaccine passports again it's going to hurt the black community the most. Sure, because you I, have to. Yeah, you, apparently in New York, you have to show your passport on a cell phone. Is that right? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Of are course. you in New? Are you in New York? Yes, now? of course. Now I can go nowhere. But, yeah. <laughs> but they they said that only nine percent of uh, the black community in New York has even gotten it. So yeah. who's going to be so? As if it's not bad enough. Now uh, anyone who doesn't have a vaccine in New York City can't go into. Uh, restaurants, gyms, or, or, um, or beauty salons, same thing as before, which makes no sense. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, again, it's like one one after another, I feel like to fund the police, critical race theory. Now, this is all another war on the black community without saying so. Yeah. Let alone uh, keeping their kids home at school for a year. Right. Right. Uh, and forcing them into bad education and shutting down alternative education and vouchers and yeah. and, uh, and uh, you know, any, any kind of entity that threatens the public school hegemony. Right. Uh, the teachers union hegemony. No, it's, yeah, it's crazy. Union, don't even. Although I will say, just to be fair, um, I, I spoke at a teacher's uh, at a tea party event in, in Jamestown, New York last week. And Jamestown's in Western New York. It's kind of a rural area. Right. And um, I, I, I will say, I got to admit, I was nagged into getting vaccines. And I have some family issues that sort of justify that. I don't want to go into them. Right. But um, I in this group, they would have received me better if I told them I was a recovering pedophile than if I told them I got two vaccine shots. They were pretty hardcore. I got to give yeah, them Yeah, I mean, that, there's, two, there's two camps out there. I think the real thing is more the forcing it than, uh, than the, the vaccine. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, I think there is a very good argument. I would never have gotten one had it not been for uh, people in my family who had, or to have sensitivities of it. Right. I mean, everyone made their choice. My right. Make your own choice. And then, yeah. you know, uh, then you should. In fact, I'm willing to be a, you know, I live in Kansas City. Oh, about 10 or so years ago, they had an anti-smoking ordinance come through and right. they put it before the public. I became the face of the opposition to the anti-smoking ordinance, even though I've never smoked. Right. I, I figured I was in a good position to do that. It's a freedom issue. It's not a smoke right. issue. Right. Uh, and that's what it should be with vaccines. You know? Right. Right. Uh, yeah, especially since it's uh, it still is experimental, and also, I mean, they've been treating the healthy all this time. They they held back ivermectin and, and hydroxychloroquine, but even beyond that, I still I was if if it's such a big deal, you would think Obama and Michelle would be the first ones out there promoting it, and right. I haven't seen them step into this conversation at all. Especially since, as you suggest, they would have a they would get a hearing in a black community that you right. Know, that Mel K might not get, you know, <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I want to stick on that because now it looks like, I mean, how much longer can they parade around Joe Biden? The whole, the whole world's laughing at us. It's one thing after another. Um, Kamala is not going to fly. And maybe I, when I saw that and I thought of your book and you, and I, and I thought maybe this is like them putting the focus back on Michelle and, and Barack because it is looking like there's a tremendous amount of fraud in the election. If so, and whatever, we don't know what's going to happen. But I think, like you spoke about last time, that uh, the move that they might be making is to push Michelle to the front. Uh, hang on, I gotta, I'm, I'm just going to ignore it, take this phone off. I, I, I just let it ring. It's, uh, it's, sorry. it's, it's my, okay. my non-cell uh, phone. I didn't I'm very low tech. <laughs> <laughs> Can you endure that for a minute? I'm yeah, sure. sure. Okay. No, I had... Uh, I have a theory about this. Um, you know, I think uh, with Joe is increasingly feeble and uh, and uh, Kamala is obviously and apparently feckless. Right. One of them is going to go soon. Right, I agree. The 25th Amendment goes into place. If Joe goes first, Kamala becomes the president. But it's that vice presidential spot in either case, if right. Kamala goes first, that where the power will be. Right. And I just think we witnessed over the last two days the kneecapping of the most likely successor, Andrew Cuomo. Yes, I don't think did. that was into. I don't think that was accidental. You know, I don't been, either. 
uh, you know, for 10 years, uh, he was the, the wonder boy of the Democratic Party, especially last year, 2020. Right. No one complains about him. No one says boo about, you know, his no. uh, toxic masculinity. Right, were, right, exactly. Uh, you know, just six months ago or eight months ago, they were, they, the Hollywood had announced a bunch of them and called themselves Cuomosexuals. Right, I saw. And he got an Emmy. And now they're Cuomophobes overnight. You know? Right. Yeah, I think the same, because I'm also looking at the crimes of Cuomo. Uh, the yeah. harassment is the least of them. Not the least of them, right. So it makes no sense. But that's an interesting point where he would have been popped in um, the most likely one, especially with his performance that everyone lauded over COVID. And now uh, it looks like he probably because they're all ganging up on him to such an extreme. Right. They're probably going to arrest him. And here's the great thing about Cuomo. I've said it for a year. If Cuomo goes down, he's taking people with him. Yeah. He's, a, he's a bully and he's been around a long time. He was in the Clinton White House. Right. So, so I don't know if you saw yesterday to defend himself. He put up all these pictures of Clinton right. and Joe Biden and, and all of them hugging and kissing people. And I'm yeah. thinking he's, he's threatening them. And, it, and that's just the first scale on that, uh, that step. Right. You know, I, I did a little digging. So you had this, had, who was responsible? This, you know, we, we, and, and on the left, uh, their internal wars are more interesting than the right. wars between Democrats and Republicans. Right. Since there aren't any. Uh, so I, I, I tried to trace how this all came to be. But what, what I discovered was that in 2010, the incumbent, uh, Governor of New York was David uh, Patterson, who was black, right. and it was blind also, but he was black. And Obama was the one who nudged him out. Oh, really? Obama was the one who told him to step aside and let Andrew Cuomo run. Now, in and in a bad uh, year for Democrats, Andrew Cuomo wins with right. overwhelmingly, gets reelected twice, and then I try. I said, okay, when did the uh, the whispers? The, when did the drums start beating about Andrew Cuomo as a harasser? And I traced it back to a tweet in uh, uh, December of uh, 2020, after the election, after now we know we're stuck with Kamala and Joe. Right. And it comes from a woman named uh, Kamala, I'm not Kamala, uh, Lindsay Boylan, right. who, was a, who worked for uh, Cuomo for a bunch of years. Right. She'd been tweeting little things, bad things about Cuomo for a while, but this time the New York Times picks it up. And that's when you know. Right. That's when someone turns the green light on and says, OK, it's time to go after Andrew. And then Ronan Farrow moves in for the kill. Right. Right. Now, and his interview with uh, Boylan, it's, it's what's fascinating about it is that she gratuitously inserts Hillary Clinton into the picture. So at first she says she, uh, Clinton has been her hero her whole life. She was all my hero, blah, blah, blah. And then she says, but I was dismayed by Hillary's response to these uh, accusations coming forward. Oh, really? Hillary's response was actually pretty appropriate. It was pretty measured. She said what any politician would have said. Uh, and then I'm thinking about this. Okay, I get it. I watch enough crime shows to know is that, you know, where you go wrong, when the husband goes wrong, right. you know, he kills his wife. Right. And then he cleans up the crime scene and the cops come in and they smell all the Clorox and they, <laughs> they know that something's wrong. Right. I think that they uh, that they had to wander the fact that Boylan was a, a lifetime Hillary Clinton supporter right. by announcing now that she's dismayed, it was her word, uh, by this by Hillary's lack of enthusiastic response. I think it was all set up. I think Hillary's behind it. I think Hillary's angling for that VP spot. And she wants to run in 2024. 
You're telling her she has a 99% chance of beating Trump in 2024. <laughs> she should oh be wary of those numbers. They told her that on election day in 2016. Right. But yeah, that, you know, I mean, that this is the craziest part, Jack. I, I can't understand it. They have so much evidence on crimes. So we absolutely, I feel like we don't have a DOJ, an FBI, all these agencies that aren't even right. constitional anyway. But right. I mean, at what we just keep uh, ignoring huge crimes that are against we the people. And uh, still, nobody's ever talked about Uranium One. Nobody's ever talked about um, uh, the truth about Libya and what went on there and all of that. And still, Hillary just, just continues to pop back up. She yeah. probably is manipulating that. But the taking out of now that you brought it up, the taking out of uh, of Cuomo also helps Michelle because we know she's not right. done. So right. both of them, um, and I don't think, I just, I don't see what, what is going on with, uh, with the justice system in America. Now, Merrick Garland's threatening individual states that are sovereign. Yeah. I, where are we? Uh, this is a, you know, in, in my lifetime, unprecedented state of, of uh, random justice. Right. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, I, I've been able to carve out a career just covering stories that major media refused to cover. Right. And the problem is less a government problem because governments are, will always go awry. That's the nature of the beast. Right. As a media problem. A big media have totally betrayed their profession, their mission. Right. Uh, now they're a propaganda arm in the state and they don't even bother to conceal it. No. Um, so you have stories that are uh, massive stories. I, I wrote a book on, for instance, on the death of Ron Brown, Clinton's Commerce Secretary. Oh, wow. On that plane crash was a New York Times reporter. Uh, they wrote it off, you know, so... Two days after, just quickly, just no, two days ahead. after the after the crash, the the airport guy in Croatia who's responsible for navigation commits suicide with a bullet wound to the chest. Of course, right, where I I would I would shoot myself in the chest. Right, but the New York Times just accepts it. I was and you know when I got into this story five years after the fact, and I sent away for the uh, uh, the twenty two volume U.S. Air Force report on the crash. I was the first person in the media to request it. They lost the guy on the plane. They didn't want to know. I mean, so it goes back uh, probably at least 25 years when the, when the corruption of the media, when it went from bias to corruption. Right. And since then, uh, there is no story that, that, it's, uh, that is unfavorable to our side right. that they've reported accurately or to their side for that matter. I mean, right. they cover up their crimes and they uh, magnify ours. Yeah. But it's just such an extreme where I feel like the media is so dangerous at this point. I mean, nobody. So they. So now we have this Delta variant. But we right. learned last week that the test, the PCR test that they were using, that the guy also committed suicide or died mysteriously who created it and said it wasn't right. for Corona and right. also said Fauci was a fraud. Yeah. Um, but now we have they're saying that there's a Delta variant, but they have no test. So how, how are they doing that? It's, I really, they're just guessing. Nobody's asking either. I, I just uh, talked to a friend who actually had COVID. It was odd because I've never had a conversation with the person who went through the whole thing. Right. And what he did is, you know, he had all the classic symptoms, couldn't smell, taste. And when everyone said, oh, I didn't have any taste. Well, everyone said, no, you didn't have any taste to begin with. So it wasn't much more. <laughs> but what he did take was Regeneron. And he said it was like a, a miracle thing. You know? I think that's what Trump took in the that's hospital. Trump took, right. Yeah. And it was like you could tell while it was being administered that you were getting better. That's what he did. Remember Trump said? He said he felt like Superman while he was yeah, getting right. it. Like it was amazing. Uh, but what he did say is they, and he said, they don't test for Delta variant. 
they don't know that I have a Delta variant or don't have a Delta right. variant. Right. Um, Yet they go with it. Yeah. Or the interesting story, and this is the way the media refused to cover certain stories for covering various sens sensitivities. Right. What happened in Provincetown? Right. You know that story? No, wait, uh, tell, tell, tell me, but tell the audience. I'm sure I know it, but let's uh, talk well, about it. Well, uh, uh, there was an outbreak in Provincetown, Massachusetts, after a big weekend. Uh, oh, right. I read it. 75% of the people who came down with some variant of COVID uh, had been vaccinated. Right. Uh, then, but what they didn't want to tell was what the nature of that weekend was like and why it was such an anomaly. They just used it to spread fear. Uh, that's, you know, to, to, to demand mask mandates and whatnot. Right. Well, it was bear weekend. Right, LGBTQ event, right? Right. And the bear. No, they hit that. Right. The bears are the gay guys who kind of look like lesbians. You know, they're big and fat and hairy and, you know, they dress yeah. badly and, and they get together. And apparently Andrew Sullivan wrote about this and he himself was gay. He was right. Uh, and he said it was a rainy weekend. So these thousands of people were compressed indoors into these tight spaces where who knows what kind of sexual interactions were going on. Right. right? Of course. And uh, and it and it is it is a uh, a super spreader event. Unlike <laughs> pool parties in the Ozarks. Uh, right. Uh, it's, this is what you call a classic. This is a Petri dish of. How many other diseases emanated from right. that? You know, of course. But they don't want to talk about that because you know, it's just like you can't talk about gays, can't talk about fat people. It's a lot of fat bears. Right. You know? Well, also they they but they keep perpetuating that it's the unvaccinated, and that's not true. No. Even in Israel, where they were so right. crazy about vaccine and everyone getting vaccinated, that there's an outbreak there. They're saying it's the vaccinated people. It's the vaccinated people that are getting it. And, you know, that leads to the question of then what is the vaccine for and what is this? We've never seen a push like this internationally coordinated to get any kind of drug, let alone a, an experimental vaccine. And it's just our media. I feel like I, I mean, they, they should be held accountable. I, I don't feel like anyone's going to be held accountable for anything right now. But the media, the most have been uh, incredibly dangerous and have caused so much mental and emotional with the fear and the lies and the twisting of everything that it's like they're they they're conscienceless. They are, and uh, and yeah, the, the people who watch CNN or watch or read the New York Times uh, are and now so many of them are literally uh, neurotic in ways that they right. would not naturally have been just watching all this misinformation and regular right, right. They're completely brainwashed, and yeah. I I don't. I don't know what anyone thinks about the election fraud, but I've met with some of these people that are involved. Like uh, I had Jovan Pulitzer on, I've met with Patrick Byrne. I'm telling you that they have so much evidence of, of the fraud, but the media still says there was no fraud. If they just said that they're, that they're looking at it, and then we have Merrick Garland, who's, I believe we have political prisoners in DC. So do I, yeah. You know, that are being held unconstitutionally, uh, their civil rights are being totally violated. But on top of that, now we have we have uh, all this stuff with the with the election and people are just like, well, let's move on. But if we if we move on, regardless of Trump or not, if we move on and we allow this to continue going and then they, you know, and they pass their H.R. one and everything, because I'm at a point is anyone was anyone duly elected last election in, on any. <laughs> in any of the races. And again, the media just says it's not true. Don't believe what you're seeing. It not only that, 
but they call it the big lie. Right. Without, you know, uh, without evidence, Trump said, no, no it's, it's not a, it's, it's a big question. Media right. should be asking this big question. They should not be branding people who raise questions liars since they haven't looked at anything themselves. Right. And I, I've run into this all my, you know, writing career because I'll, you know, I, for instance, I, I wrote the definitive book on the crash of TWA flight. Right. And you know, I'll just be denounced in the media as a conspiracy theorist. You know nothing about this uh, circumstance. You know, if right. you knew a little bit, then you could you could come in and call me a conspiracy theorist. But not knowing nothing, you can't enter right. an argument. You know. Yeah, I mean, also what they take, they want to take Giuliani, uh, Sidney Powell, and Lynn Wood's uh, law licenses after very distinguished careers because they're yeah. even because they're even questioning the election. Right. Right. And How could you not question this election? You know, it's it's, like, it's you know. unbelievable. And yeah. we should be questioning a lot of the elections because, you know, if they if there was cheating on the top level, then there's, you know, all the Soros uh, rogue DAs and the judge and there's judges yeah. and sheriffs yeah. Yeah. that don't belong there. Yeah. And it's like either either we, we do something. I mean, what can we do where we do? I mean, our country is going really fast towards. I feel like there's a monarchy in D.C. and that's how they behave. I saw, I don't know what you think of, uh, Blinken, who's been a Soros puppet for about 30 years and was running a shadow government at West Exec consulting across the street from Trump White House the whole time. Uh, you know, he, when he called in the UN to examine America and our systematic racism and all of mm. that, it's, and, then, and then, you know, I, I thought of Libya and Syria and Yugoslavia and Ukraine where Oh, God. So they start the strife on the ground, the color revolution strife, the BLM, Antifa. Now he's calling the UN in to assess <laughs> our, our, our America's um, failings uh, on a global level. Uh, meanwhile, then we find out that um, Millie, Christian's the first fully operational NATO base in Virginia. And I'm thinking, OK, so the UN is now coming in to decide I don't know what what's wrong, what's fundamentally wrong with America. And meanwhile, the UN's military is now functional outside of DC. And I'm thinking, what is going on? It's like, I feel like they're like, we are in the French Revolution to some extent. And then you see, you know, refreshing. I, I'm an optimist. I, uh, I'm an optimist too, but that's because uh, of God. <laughs> Not because that's right, of the exactly. I so I'm thinking, well, you know, nearer than I got to be, getting uh, <laughs> nearer and nearer, you know what I mean? And that's part of the reason why the right didn't uh, react with such panic to the to COVID, because more uh, conservatives, True. right, know that there are players on a big stage and that you know they have a time on this earth and then they move on, right, and then to I do it to a better place. But if all your life is, uh, if your God is Dr. Fauci, right, and your uh, your Bible is the New York Times, you're in trouble. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I uh, you know, I see, I see promising counter signs. I see things like Florida. I see the states standing up. Right. And you know, like DeSantis did yesterday, very impressive. I know. And, uh, and he, DeSantis is setting a model for other governors because in states like my own, I live in Missouri, we have Republican governor, Republican controlled legislatures. Right. Uh, by the way, uh, Missouri was a democratic state 20 years ago. So, you know, it happens. Right. Um, there are movements in both directions. Right. Uh, but there are the people in Missouri saying, why didn't you act like Ron DeSantis now? Don't don't be you don't have to be a wimp, you know, right. you have to stand up and speak out. Right. So that's happening on the positive side. But on the negative side, and also I say this, this is going to sound counterintuitive, but 
On the positive side, the uh, leadership in Washington is so uh, conspicuously deranged <laughs> that I know. no one, no young person is looking to Joe Biden or Kamala Harris or Nancy Pelosi and saying, I want to be just like them. Where do I sign up? Right. See, Barack Obama was dangerous because he had a following. Hillary was somewhat dangerous because she had at least a bizarre feminist following. Right. Biden and Harris have no natural constituency. I mean, they could have, they could stage a rally in a, in a COVID free uh, arena, give away, uh, you know, uh, right. baseball bats or something and, and still have 35 people show up. Right. It's that bad. It's that bad. There's no leadership. But also, I think that they're like, they, I, I, I'm sure you saw this ridiculous bill, this multi trillion dollar bill. Nothing in there is helpful to the American people. Right. And it's I mean, who are the I mean, didn't Thomas Jefferson say that at some point, if it got to this place that we would have to do something? I don't, I don't know what I mean, I know people are standing up. I'm going around too and talking to people and encouraging people to get involved locally. Um, I'm having on General Flynn next week. I'm going to ask him the, the same thing. But at the same time, it's like uh, I want I want to know that there's something a backstop here. I mean, it seems to me that we have literally an oligarchy, a monarchy that's tied with the tech giants that literally that little D.C. is is like the kingdom and they're treating the country like serfs or, you know, yeah. it's just, it seems so uh, bizarre, like like it can't even be real, but it is. No, I feel like I'm an extra in a science fiction movie. <laughs> Just, uh, and no one told me, no one tell, told me how the, how the movie comes out yet, you know? Right, right. In fact, last night, just for the heck of it, I went back and watched the first episode of The Walking Dead. Oh, yeah, we're getting there. And, uh, you know, and it was, the film was, it was made about 10 or so years ago. The first few, several seasons of Walking Dead were very good. Right, I know. They got stupid and woke. And I lost I but now it's on Netflix. And it's set in Georgia. And, and the CDC is at the center of the plot, you know? Right. Because this infectious disease has broken out, blah, 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 you know? Scary, so, right? Yeah, no, I'm saying this is like pretty topical now, you know? <laughs> I uh, know, like Westworld too. You're yeah. like, what? <laughs> yeah. But it, that's so. the other thing about Hollywood and to, to circle back, I hate to say that now, to go back to the whole Obama and, um, and Martha's Vineyard, that's the craziest part about all of this is they they kind of tell you what they're going to do. Uh, I mean, from what I'm seeing, and then you see all this Hollywood stuff, and now it's like kind of coming true. You know, even on the CDC's website, they had a thing about the zombie apocalypse. And I thought, is that a joke? <laughs> is that a joke? But um, now we're at a place where, yeah, it just seems, uh, it seems the players are very clear of, who's doing what in terms of um, controlling the country. But I'm still very confused who is who is at the helm here. Uh, I, I think that it's probably Klaus Schwab and the Great Reset folk that are really uh, pulling the strings here. But it's it's very unclear. Uh, what are you what's your thinking? How involved do you think this is in a global? Because you can't ignore that this is there. It's the same language, the same moves, the same. Uh, behavior of, of multiple countries, mainly the G20 group or G7 group at this point that are uh, all walking in, in Rockefeller terms lockstep on the same plans all over the world. And, and what's scary is America is the only country that doesn't seem to be fighting back. If you're looking at France, Italy, Greece, Germany, 
the people are rising up here. I think people are too scared because of January 6th. But what do you see on that level? You know, we have, as Donald Trump showed, we have the potential to not just not follow, but to actually lead. Uh, And, you know, for instance, when he pulled out of the Paris Accord, it was like when Reagan, uh, you know, fired the air traffic controllers. He told Oh, right. That was great. uh, You know, I'm serious and I'm going to do what I need to do. Right. Uh, and that was such a bold move. I remember at the time I thought, oh, we'd maybe not find the committee to assess it. Or I said, wow, that was pretty cool. Right. <laughs> you know? uh, so it only takes one election to put right. us back in that position. Right. Uh, and we are facing a much too unified world of uh, internationalists who uh, are, you know, anti-borders. Uh, and, and it's hard to say what they're for, though. Right. Before infecting McAllen, Texas, with uh, thousands of COVID-infected patients, who could be for flooding Germany with millions of, of uh, people who are who have spiked the crime rate there? Uh, who could be against Hungary, where Tucker Carlson was last night? Right. Um, you Not know, wanting to border. Right. Yeah. yeah. But there are a lot of people who, and yet it's it's so hard to figure out what their motives are. Uh, it's hard to find a concerted logic in their behaviors. Yeah. Other than self-destruction I, and self-enrichment. I mean, right. those are the two things. Yeah, you know, it's weird. I've been looking like Klaus Schwab at the World Economic Forum. You know, a lot of the people, because I, I don't think Russia is the aggressor here. I also don't think China is the aggressor because if you look around, it's really NATO that seems to be making all the moves. You know, they said we bro- bro- got out of Afghanistan. Then you hear that we're bombing Afghanistan. Like nothing's making sense. And it's this right. I, it's this group that and they're out there. They all say the same language, build back better and and all these, the terminology they right. all use. I, but, but the people are onto it. I, I just feel like the people are waking up a little slower in America, sadly. But I do feel like the people worldwide are looking, like they're exposing themselves like never before. I remember Trump said uh, that there was a, an invisible empire, a visible enemy that had all the money and all the power and we've never heard their names. I think a lot of people have now heard their names. But um, yeah, the end goal is very confusing. I still believe that, the end goal is still the Rockefeller New World Order, One World Government. But um, even with the with the Pope coming out last week and telling priests that they're no longer allowed to do traditional Latin Mass, I was, what is going on? You know, I tell you what, because I go to a traditional Latin Mass. Oh wow! See, weren't and, you uh, like what? And here's yeah, this is a it might be an interesting side uh, side thing because it's it was such a gratuitous. Uh, slap at the most successful movement within the Catholic Church. It was amazing. My church, uh, you know, I live in Kansas City, um, was, uh, you know, we had to shut down for like two months in March and April. By mid-May, as soon as, as soon as they gave us the slightest clearance, right. they said, okay, mass is on. Right. This meant, uh, and without any, any directions about distancing or anything, standing room only crowds, no masks. Right. Uh, we went to coffee and donuts. Just so last week, I'd been out of town for a couple weeks. So calling you back, I wonder how they're worried about the Delta variant. Standing room only crowds, uh, no uh, no mask. The average age at church is about ten. The church produces priests and nuns like regularly. Right. Uh, there is a grow. I mean, we we can't keep up with the demand. Right. 
and it's traditional, and it's also uh, traditional Catholic churches are also politically conservative, right? Uh, uniformly across the board. Well, that right. had a lot to do with the shutdown of the church. I think so. so you, had, anyway. you would no sooner show up with an, a Joe Biden bumper sticker in our parking lot than you would have a, a bumper right. sticker for ISIS, you know? It's a, <laughs> uh, right. And that is probably behind it. That yeah. is... Uh, what, yeah, God, that, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, that's uh, what I was going to say. My whole thing and this whole time as I'm watching this unfold, all I think is this is a total push to get God out. When right. I was I was in Branson and I spoke and I said, it's like the left, everything is about like glorifying the seven deadly sins where the right is everything about like like or the destruction of the um, of God and religion and family and everything that we've talked about. Take it. And I've always said that I believe the U.N. because of the loosest trust and everything, there's no mention of God in anything the U.N. does. No, no, it's and, just the opposite. Right. So and so you have me, months like. Pride Month, and you think, what's next? Envy Month, Slush right. Month, right? right? That's what it seems like. It seems like that the party. All the seven of, right. I mean, it's that. It's that obvious to me that this is a war on God that started a long time ago. Yeah. And, and like you said, what's the end game? And and that's what I think. Like when you said you're positive, you're optimistic. I'm optimistic because I believe God is in control at the end of right. the day. Just like when people say people are going to drop dead from the. From the vaccine, I say there's no way. This yeah. is not. This is not in the cards. But I wish God would make a move. Slowly, <laughs> yeah. well, he probably is. We're just not noticing. It. I know. I know. What, here's here's a God inspired moment. Okay. The, the the female wrestler at the Olympics, <laughs> right? How many people in America? How many millions of people in America saw that clip? Right. I can't even pronounce her name. We did And I don't think girls should be wrestling, but that's beside the point. Uh, and said. What would America be like if once a week Michelle Obama got up and said that? Right, right. Or Barack Obama or Al Sharpton. All it would take is one high-level charismatic person to yeah. say that with that kind of enthusiasm and passion because she the, the clip began with her thanking God. Right, I know. Which athletes do routinely. Right. They haven't thanked God in, in, a, in an Oscar ceremony in about 30 years, literally. Right. Well, um, they have to thank Satan, though, I, I have to say. Multiple <laughs> people did. But yeah. yeah, no, that's that was amazing. And we need more of that. But that's yeah. why I'm it's still the black community are the ones that are going to have to to have to break out here because right. that's why the, they and everyone else needs to read Barack Obama's Promised Land. Yeah. yeah. And that's not it. That's for real. What's that? Because you really break it down in that book about about the missed opportunity. But obviously yeah. now I don't think it was a missed opportunity. I think it was a goal. And, uh, you know, these people are Eric Holder, one of the worst egregious ones. Right. But again, I do believe, at least on the on the ground level in New York City, my black friends, most of them think that critical race theory is ridiculous and right. they want nothing to do with it. Right. They don't want they want the cops back. Right. And now with this uh, vaccine mandate, a lot of them don't want the vaccine because of the history of experimental treatments in their community. Or as, uh, as Joe Biden famously said, because of Tuskegee Airmen. <laughs> so stupid you knew the word tuskegee was in there somewhere you know? oh yeah oh yeah well if it's not that then it's jim crow <laughs> right. when yeah. he was the most racist of them all all these years i don't yeah. know what's going on and then we, we could get into a million other things but again you are the most refreshing writer out there and um 
Barack Obama's promised land, deplorables need not apply, is actually uh, way more. It is very, very funny and witty, but it's also it's a good it's a good book also for the for black community to read because it kind of breaks down what really did happen over the yeah. last several years and and right. the missed opportunity that isn't gone forever if we have some people step up and uh, take the reins because I saw even a, I saw like um the guy the, the guy you're talking about that thought Guam was going to fall over. You know, they, they were they were singing like um, the whole black congressional caucus, which should all be investigated. They were like singing like um, uh, one of a hymn in front of the White House to, to because of uh, voting ID and all of this. These are not the, these people are not serving anyone, let alone the black community. And I think it's really time that uh, we start finding and championing and pushing up black leaders who actually care about God, family and traditional values, which there's a lot of them. They've just been uh, weeded out over this. No, they get weeded out early. And, uh, and but that's where voter corruption, uh, fraud, voter fraud works. It's most diabolical work is in those initial city elections where a black reformer steps up right. and the machine uh, shuts them down. Right. And uh, I know several people here in Kansas City who've had that personal experience with vote fraud at, at that ground level that no right. Those notices. Right. And I think, honestly, I think a lot of those people have already the one because, you know, they recruited it was uh, Obama and Jay-Z and uh, and uh, and LeBron James that recruited 30,000 black youth to do to work at the polls and stuff. Yeah. So they didn't tell them that they would also be maybe liable for voter fraud. <laughs> someday. Yeah, right. So yeah. we'll see. I just hey. hope that there's some justice, but like you, I believe God's in control and God will win this, but uh, the battle, one battle after another, we have to just keep standing up and fighting. You get up every morning and uh, think about what you're going to do today to, to win the win the, win the the victory here. So. I know. And you're, you're one of the best. Everyone should uh, check out your website, cashel.com. I'll put it in the description. And I honestly, not only are you a great reporter, but you're so funny. So no matter how tragic the time. <laughs> The topic is you still make me laugh but every day i look to see if you have a column out somewhere and right. uh we'll have you back when when the next <laughs> next next thing happens that's irrational and crazy and i need your advice okay yeah and yesterday by the way was allegedly a brock Obama's birthday but if you read my book you find out it wasn't his birthday at all but that's right. another story for another day <laughs> oh god I, I can't wait to see you again i think you're the best thank you so much for joining Hey, Mel, thanks for having me. It's your Thank joy you. and pleasure and, uh, and a true warrior. Okay, see you next time. Keep fighting.